Hello, beautiful people. Happy Monday. I hope that you're doing well. Um, I hope that you're having a wonderful day. I want to start by saying this conversation was inspired by LaVon Briggs, Marissa Price, Erica Totten, Marcus Allen, and Shower Epiphanies. So that's how I got to this place. And I'm gonna start in a second. But how are you? How are you doing today? How are y'all? I hope that you're doing well. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing okay. Um, I wanted to come on and talk about this because I've been wrestling with some things myself and journaling through some things. And I really wanted to talk about imposter syndrome. We have talked about imposter syndrome here a lot, okay? We've talked about it a lot. We have chewed it up, spit it out, talked about it again, um, come to conclusions. And kind of like the book is open, right? Like it's not really a conclusion. It's like a an, an ellipses. We're gonna put a pin here and come back in it, come back and talk about it. Uh, soon. So I want to pick up where we left off. So hello, hello. Hi. Hi, Jamal. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Charlotte Young Bowens. Hello. Thank you so much for being here. Hi. Hi. Let's talk about it with Mara. It's good to see you. Hello. Hello. Yes. Yes. Um, Charlotte says, I've always been uncomfortable with identifying imp with imposter syndrome. I feel it really didn't explain what I'm feeling. Yes. Yes. So we're going to, that's exactly where we're going to start. So again, I'm working through some personal things. I have new ideas I want to try. I am raising money. I am creating music. I am putting stuff out there in the world and hoping that, um, in hopes that it is impactful and helpful. Also, please let me know if you can hear me. Okay. Okay. Let me know if you can hear me well, because my fan is on. I don't want it to distract too much. But yeah, so I was journaling today and journaling about like how I don't know what I'm doing. And I love that. I love where I am because I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just kind of starting from scratch with a lot of stuff or starting with my intuition um, and just going from there. And I wanted to talk about that. But then I got to this part in my journaling where I'm talking about imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome. And it's something that we keep hearing about and talking about, um, things that keep being presented to us as like, you know, how to work through imposter syndrome, how to, how to heal your imposter syndrome, how to, you know, use these affirmations for imposter syndrome, right? And Okay, thank you. I appreciate that, Muse. Thank you, thank you. Um, so yeah, so how to work through these things, but I don't really think it's really getting to the heart of it. So again, I'm gonna say who this who this conversation that we're about to have was inspired by. It was inspired by Levon Briggs, um, and she has a podcast called uh, Sensual Faith. I actually heard about her through Marcus, who was also an inspiration for this conversation. Um, Marissa Price, and I'll tell you why in a second. Marissa Price and Shower Epiphanies, like things that just come up. And Erica Totten. Okay. <clears throat> Let's start from the beginning, shall we? <laughs> so imposter syndrome. I think the last time we talked about imposter... First of all, let me say hi to y'all. Let me say hello first. Hello, hello. Um, hi, Chain Breakers with Dr. Trista. Hello. Hi, hi. Marquina, Marquina, Marquina. Hello, hello. Yes, it is not imposter syndrome. It's not. It's not. Also, that phrase was made up. And we'll, we'll talk about that. But yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Muse. Thank you. Yes, yes. Hi, gorgeous one. It's good to see you. Hi, Nano Brand Br Brownie. Hello. Hello. Okay. So imposter syndrome. So the last time we talked about imposter syndrome, we were talking about how you're not an imposter, right? Like where I left it was, and that's why I love like learning and thinking and chewing on stuff and then talking to other people and bringing it back and listening to other people and bringing it back. Um, because I love that I am evolving even in my thinking and the way that I'm approaching things, like how I feel about something today might not be how I feel about it tomorrow, right? And so on and so on. Like the more that I live, the more that I grow and learn and the more that I change. 
and uh, my positions on things change. So I have talked about imposter syndrome here before and my heart was in the right place. Like I know that I was there to say what I needed to say and it needed to be said then, right? And so where I left off was that you're not an imposter. You're not an imposter because you're being yourself. How are you an imposter if you're being yourself? If you're giving it your best go, your best try, if you're showing up authentically in spaces, you're not being an imposter. Um, and I also left off where, like with this thought of, um, and, and I think I was starting to touch on it, right? It's like, who gets to determine if you're an imposter or not? And then there's also this thought of, maybe you feel like an imposter because you're trying to put on something that doesn't fit you, right? You're trying to be someone who you think you have to be in order to be seen and respected. And so because you're pretending to be somebody else, you then feel like an imposter because you're acting, you're pretending. You're pretending to show up in spaces, not, not in ways that are authentic and, and in ways that feel good to you. You're showing up in spaces, pretending and putting on and putting on a performance, trying to be accepted by people. But there's something under that, right? So I was in the shower listening to Levon Briggs talk about something. And she mentioned imposter syndrome and how the study was done for like middle-aged white women um, and high, like, high achieving you know, positions. I don't know what that means also, but high achieving positions, middle-aged white women. And so immediately I was like, hmm, <laughs> like any, any time I'm just like, so the, the focus study, the, the focus study was on white women, middle age, white women in high performing positions. Okay, cool. So red flag automatically, because if that was a specific study for them, right, why are we adopting that language? And if our lived existences are different, is it really imposter syndrome? Right. So let me actually look up the definition of imposter syndrome as I've looked it up online. So I'll just share my screen. Present, share screen. And I hope that you all are having a wonderful day, by the way. Let's see. <clears throat> yes, imposter syndrome, share. Okay, so imposter syndrome, right? It says the persistent inability to believe that one success Success. I always add a D to the end of anything. But anyway, the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own efforts or skills. So again, imposter syndrome essentially is saying the success that I have, maybe I don't deserve it, right? The inability to believe that my success is deserved, that I deserve this success, or it has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's effort. So that's, that's kind of what we understand. Who am I to do this, right? Like, oh, no matter how much I achieve, it still doesn't feel like enough. Like this is what we're taught that imposter syndrome is. But I have thoughts. I have thoughts and I wanna talk about it with you. <laughs> so hopefully you're here to talk about it with me. All right, so let's start here. Um, let's start here. Yes, yes, yes. Hi, A-Line Mika, it's good to see you. Hello, hello, happy Monday. I'm journal, journaling with Juju. Oh, I love that name. I love that name. Um, OMG, I just saw your other live this morning and it gave me so much peace. That makes me happy. I'm happy that you're here. Thank you for being here. Um, and it also inspired me to walk in the park today. I love that. I love that. Yes, yes. Um, let's see. Hi, St. Cloverton James Jones. Hello. It's good to see you. Hi, hi. Um, King of the Rawls. That's not exactly how imposter syndrome is, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, right? Like people have written whole dissertations about it. This is just like a simplified definition. So, yes, I have not done that work. The, the studies are out there. But for me, that's my understanding of it. It's, it's feeling like an imposter, like an imposter. I'm pretending they're going to find me out. Like there's something wrong with me. There's something, you know what I'm saying? So, yes, yes. Like I'm not enough. People are going to find me out. I'm successful. Um, but I don't know why I am successful. They're all going to find out I'm a fraud, that I'm not enough. So yeah, that's how I understood it. But yes, yes. 
Hi, y'all little XOXO. Hey, today, I'm just getting here. Happy to be here. I'm happy that you're here. Thank you for being here. Um, imposter phenomenon or imposterism is a psychological occurrence in which people doubt their skills, talents, or accomplishments and have a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as frauds. Exactly. Right. So we're saying the same thing. Okay. So exactly. Yes. So there are a lot of different definitions. There's a, there's a way that people explain it. And I know like words mean things, but I also understand that people's definitions of things are determined on their experiences, right? So they might describe it as like, I feel inadequate or insecure. Like, like I feel like I have to keep achieving and doing, right? And so somebody might be able to break it down like this using these words, you know? So yes, yes. Okay. Um, Aline Mika says, loving the hair. Thank you. Thank you. You're such a, go uh, a goddess. So, oh, thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the compliments. I appreciate this. Thank you. Hi, Miss West. I deal with this all the time. Same, same. Okay. So let's talk, right? <laughs> let's talk. Um, imposter syndrome. So I've changed my mind. <laughs> I've changed my mind about imposter syndrome. I no longer think that it is something that we, uh, that there's something wrong with us. That is something that we need to fix about us. I no longer think that us thinking that we are imposters are something that we came up with ourselves. So I have my notebook. I'm going to read my notebook to you all. Um, read my notes. So yes. <laughs> Imposter syndrome. I've changed my mind about it or and have considered some other things. Imposter syndrome isn't something we imagine. The way that people talk about imposter syndrome is like, you just have self-doubt. You just, you just need to build up your confidence. You just need to build up your self-esteem, right? And it's not that simple. It's not that simple because imposter syndrome isn't something we imagine. We feel inferior because we're told constantly that we are inferior, and I'm speaking obviously as a black person because I am a black person and specifically as a black woman. Growing up, you're always taught that you're not enough. And even if you're not explicitly told that, it is expressed in other ways, right? You can't wear that. That is unprofessional. You can't wear your hair like that as it grows out of your scalp. It is unprofessional. It is not becoming. It is not cute. It is not enough. You need to comb it. You can't be walking out the house like that, right? These all of these messages are telling us in so many ways that we are not enough, that something is wrong with us and that we are inherent, that we are inherently inferior, inferior. The world is constantly telling us that we're not good enough. We're surrounded by that messaging every day. Again, with advertising, you're not enough Buy this thing. You should buy this thing and be the, you know, the talk of the town, the talk of the neighborhood. Don't you want this? Your neighbor has this, right? It's, it's a lot of comparison. It's a lot of like measuring up. And then the, the goalpost is always moved, right? It's always moved. Um, I want to reference Dr. Kimani, Marissa Price, a lot of people who talk about like in this space about like working at jobs and how they felt at their job. Like no matter what I do, it's not enough. No matter what I do is, is not enough. OK, but it's not imposter syndrome. This is just my thoughts. So let's walk through. Let's walk through it. I don't think it's imposter syndrome. I think it's the systems working as they should. The systems that oppress people, the systems that are oppressing people are working as they should. Right. It's oppression and our experiences with it that then make us take up this position of feeling like an imposter, feeling like we're not good enough, feeling like we don't measure up, right? The systems say to us, how dare you see yourself as sacred? How dare you see yourself as enough? How dare you see yourself as beautiful? How dare you take up space? How dare you love yourself and I don't love you? How dare you not wanna play my game, right? How dare you be confident and comfortable? How dare you be sure? You should question everything. Like I, I think about again, like how we're taught when we're, when we're born, you gotta, you know, growing up, you have to work twice as hard to get half as far, 
those are, that's messaging. That's messaging that we that we take on and we believe and it shows up in every situation. Not I can't I can't just be good. I got to be the best. I got something to prove to these people. Right? Like I have my humanity to prove to people. So, my whole point is these systems were created to keep us out. To keep us out and to keep us second guessing and seeking their approval, <laughs> seeking their stamp of approval, keep us second guessing and quiet and afraid. And we're afraid of judgment, of isolation, of death. And death doesn't have to be like death of the body, right? It could be death of your social career, death. I mean, death of your career, death of your social uh, status, excuse me, death of your um, confidence, right? Like we're afraid of all these things. We're afraid of being seen because we're afraid of what being seen what happens when, when black people are seen. So I think about um, the fear that even I have with being seen, right? What am I, what am I really afraid of? Cause it's not really the fear of being seen It's something underneath of that, right? It's the fear of being rejected. It's the fear of being seen as not enough, right? And so these systems make a second guess and seek their approval. And so we're always checking in with someone who is not us to be like, what do you think of this? Is this enough? I don't know. I'm not doing it like this person is doing it. Is it still, is it still legitimate? Is it still beneficial? Right? So, so yes, I want to see what you all are saying. Yellow XOXO says, I think we set unrealistic expectations for ourselves to, um, to that impacts this. Yes. We aren't supposed to know and be and do everything. Um, that's how it shows up for me. Yes. No, I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Uzumaki. Hello. Um, oppression acceptance lessons. Mm, tell me more about this. Um, Moon of the Sun, hello. To that study you referenced, not focusing on the race, but more so achieving higher roles in conjunction and not feeling you don't belong. Thinking everyone is smarter or having it together. Exactly, exactly. Hi, the dark Nate. It's good to see you. Hello, peace to you, peace to you. All right, so, so I told y'all last time I left off on this thought was, my thought was, how are you an imposter if you're being yourself? Like if we're really talking about imposter syndrome, if you're, if you're showing up authentically as yourself, how are you being an imposter? I'm not pretending to be anybody. But then it made me think about what are places, where are places that I am pretending to be someone that I'm not? Where are places that I feel like I have to put on something else other than me to be loved and seen, right? And so yes, in those places, I end up feeling like an imposter because I'm playing pretend. I am being an imposter, right? And I don't even wanna use the word imposter because that also has a negative connotation. But what it really is, is me trying to survive, Right. Me pretending and playing along with the system is me just trying to survive, trying to get by, trying to get paid. Right. Trying to be kept safe, trying to be seen as legitimate, trying to be seen as uh, educated or legitimate or what other words people use, like whatever. Trying to be seen as someone worthy enough to be listened to and to and to be believed. Right. And so like as a black woman, I always feel like I'm always playing that position, that, that role, playing that game anyway, like, oh, can I show up like this? Can I be myself? Can I use AAVE or Ebonics or whatever the heck? Like, can I, like, is, am I safe enough to be all of myself? Like always trying to, you know, check the temperature of the room and the people that I'm talking to, you know what I'm saying? Like we play this game all the time. Our mind is always working twice as hard as everybody else's because we're trying to fit ourselves into a system that was designed to keep us out. And so we know that if we're walking if we're walking that line, right, we know how fragile that line is, how thin that line is, how thin that door is, how thin that room is, right, that crooked room, right? We know what that feels like. And so if you're constantly playing a game, you're always questioning, am I measuring up to what they're saying, to what their belief is? Am I good enough? We're always asking ourselves this, 
you know? So anyway, so yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna get there in a second, but yes. So, so, but as long as you're being yourself, how could you ever be an imposter? Then I looked up the definition for imposter because that also has a negative connotation. Uh, because words mean things. I really want us to look at the definition. And again, this is like general dictionary, Oxford definition. So let me see. There's also multiple definitions of one word. It's gonna be one sec. Yes, share. Okay, yes, okay. Imposter, a person who pretends to be someone else in order to deceive others especially for fraudulent gain. So again, an imposter is a person who pretends to be someone else in order to deceive others, especially for fraudulent gain. And let's look at fraudulent. You know, we know what that means, but still, let's look it up. Fraudulent, obtain, done by, or involving deception, especially criminal deception, right? Unjustifiably claiming or being credited with particular accomplishments or qualities. So even right there, unjustifiably claiming or being credited with, with particular accomplishments or qualities. I don't know why they did that. We're not, we're not lying for the sake of deception or for the sake of harming people, right? When we're playing that game, when we're putting on that costume, that armor. We're not, we're not pretending, I won't even say lie. We're not pretending or trying to measure up because you're trying to defraud someone, right? Or we're trying to uh, take advantage of somebody. No, we're doing that for survival, Right, and then I wanna look up syndrome. 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 A group of symptoms, a group of symptoms, this is important, which consistently occur together or a condition characterized by a set of associated symptoms or a characteristic combination of opinions, emotions, or behavior. Okay, so we're not talking about that. We're talking about a group of symptoms which consistently occur together or a condition characterized by a set of associated symptoms. So even when we talk about imposter syndrome, right? Even when we talk about imposter syndrome as if it's a sickness or an illness or a disease, right? It puts the responsibility on the person experiencing that disease to identify and then heal it. Right. It's, it's, it's like saying that there is some something deficient in you that is making you sick. You are ill. You are you are wrong. Right. For lack of better words, there's something about you that is wrong. It's not acknowledging the system. Why? We, why we have to play pretend anyway. Right. Like, OK, so so I said the definition of imposter, a person who pretends to be something else in order to deceive others, especially for fraudulent gain. And this is where I came to, to my belief. I don't actually have imposter syndrome. And I don't think you do either. I don't think that we have imposter syndrome. One, it's made up, right? It's also recent, like within the last hundred years. And I mean that by like the 70s. I think it was like the study was done in the 70s. I could have done a better job citing my sources. But I believe the study was done in the 70s, right? So the definition, and it was like imposter something else. It wasn't syndrome. I think it might've been what you said. Let me go back up. What you said, King of the Raws, imposter phenomenon. Yes, phenomenon, right? So it wasn't even syndrome. It wasn't recognize as something as some like again anyway as a syndrome it was like a phenomenon something that was happening but we're not asking why is this happening right it's just like we automatically want to go to no you you struggle with imposter syndrome it's your fault you need to do more affirmations you need to study more you need to i don't know you need you're you're not as competent as everybody else that's why you feel like an imposter we automatically blame the person as opposed to the system that makes them feel inadequate in the first place and then also who gets to determine what is adequate and what is not, right? So obviously, no, I'm not talking about things like being a doctor or a lawyer, things that you need license, license 
a license for, excuse me, right? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like just everyday life, taking up space, doing your thing. Because a lot of the systems that we work under were not created by us. We were forced into it, forced to, this is the sign for, oh my gosh, mainstream, like mainstream, we're forced to integrate, integrate into systems, right? That we did not create, that were not fit for us, that were not made for us in the way that we think and that we operate and move. So I said, the definition of imposter syndrome is the condition of feeling anxious. This is another definition I looked up. The condition of feeling anxious and not experiencing success internally, despite being high performing in external objective ways. So immediately when I think of black folks and imposter syndrome, I go back to enslavement. I go back to enslavement because when I think of like high, when they said, what they say, high performing, right? Folks who were enslaved, right? And people who are oppressed or colonized, they don't have an option. They don't have a choice but to be high performing. And other people get to determine what high performing actually means, right? I didn't write this down, but this, this is coming to me in, in this moment, just thinking about this, like high performing, right? And even as hard as those people were working, as our ancestors were working, like even as hard as we be working, okay, today, right? We still feel like we're not enough. Somehow it's still not enough. Somehow it's still like, no, we need more. There needs to be more consumption. There needs to be more uh, labor, Right. And the truth is, if I have you questioning whether or not you're worthy or not, you will work. You will overwork. You will overdo. You will overcommit. You will take on more because how we measure success and how we measure if someone is good or not or benevolent or not is how hardworking they are. It's all tied together. So anyway. okay, so it's this feeling of like anxiety. What is anxiety but fear? What is anxiety but fear? This fear, this condition, this feeling of ang- this feeling of anxiety and not experiencing success. Like no matter what we do, I know what it feels like to be a person who's been like, you're doing all this stuff and it still doesn't feel like it's enough. It still doesn't feel like I'm good enough. Like I'm, I'm working my fingers to the bone. I'm doing enough. And, and so how does that show up? What does it mean to be like, what does it mean to be like not to not feel good enough? Right. It could mean being underpaid. Right. We, we consistently tell people that there are low skill jobs. I don't believe in none of that. But anyway, being underpaid, you're working your butt off and still somebody is telling you that it's not enough. You should aspire for more. You should do more because that's not enough. Right. As if their labor is in vain. <laughs> right. Not trying to be churchy, but seriously, like as if, as if their labor is in vain, there needs to be more. You have to consume more. You need to aspire to more. Why can't someone be why can't somebody be held as, as dig, like held with dignity, right? And, and care and kindness working at McDonald's. We see that as low achievement. I have a lot of thoughts and that's, that'll probably be a different conversation for a different day, but the classism is jumping out. Right. But also the fear that we fear that anxiety is really fear. Like we're running, we're running from something we're overdoing and over, you know, compensating and trying to, because we feel like we feel like we lack. And what are we afraid of? Again, death, being broke, hunger, right? A lot of the things that we do here are um, inspired by fear, inspired by survival, not even thriving. Um, so yes, yeah, so again, the condition of feeling anxious and not experiencing success internally, despite being high performing in external and objective ways. Everybody's telling you you're amazing, you're doing amazing stuff, you're good enough and you still can't feel it. You still can't feel it. The anxiety is fear. But what are we fearing? They say that we fear being found out, right? But I say we fear death. (laughs) 
again, financial death, social death, whatever, we fear death because we know, we know from experience and from stories told from our elders, we know this inherited fear of not having enough, of, of, of scarcity, of lack, abuse, harm. Like that's the fear. The fear is not about like, oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, you know, found out because I'm not good enough. Maybe you do, maybe you don't feel good enough. Right. But I think like, um, I think it's something deeper. It's not, it's like, what is the fear of you not being good enough? What if you weren't, what if you weren't good enough to them? Then what? Can we accept that? That maybe I won't be good enough for these people, but that, that even that is a privileged thought because for some people, if I'm not good enough for them, I'm not going to get paid. If I'm not good enough for them, I'm not going to be seen. I'm not going to be protected. That's why I, that's why I push away respectability politics. I don't care what, I don't care. Y'all can talk about people with bonnets till you're blue in the face. I'm not going to, I'm not going to rock with it because somebody is not less deserving of my respect and love just because of how they wear their clothes outside. I don't care. <laughs> like all of this is internalized. And I think like what it is is survival and we're pushing these survival things on other people and it's harmful. Let me reel it back in. Okay. The anxiety is fear, but what are we fearing? They say being found out. I said, we feel like an imposter because they tell us we don't belong and we're not good enough. Somehow we're unworthy. Also, you're going to always feel uncomfortable in outfits that weren't made for you and things that weren't tailor made for you. These systems that we're operating under is not human. They weren't really made for nobody, to be completely honest. They weren't made for humans. They were made for machines, these systems. So you're always going to feel like you're not enough. Because humans weren't made to be used as like workhorses as we're used. We're always going to feel like we're not good enough because they're always moving the goalpost. They're always dangling that carrot in front of us and saying, hey, if you do this, then you'll be enough. And then you do the thing and you're like, actually, moving back a little bit, now you have to do this. So a lot of a lot of these like, and I have thoughts because I want to do a whole series on like spiritual stuff that we say that we were like, are we really? Let's think about this. Let's think about this and who this benefits to believe this, right? A lot of these things that we say is like spiritually coded language, right? And um, I'll get into that in a second, but we won't name the culprit. We'll say like, it's your belief. It's your insecurity. It's your, I don't know, lack of affirmations and all this other stuff. It's your lack of self-love and da, da, da. It's like, no, right? Like that might be a symptom <laughs> of something greater. My lack of self-love, I'm not, bo- I wasn't born, I wasn't born thinking, lowly of myself somebody taught me that I wasn't born thinking I had to work to earn my worth somebody taught me that or a system taught me that so we won't talk about the culprit for what it is it blames you it tells you that you are the problem but it's not you it's a live white superiority shout out to uh, Erica De Niro TV she said something recently and I was like yes it is the lie of a uh, white supremacy like the illusion right it's a lie <laughs> it's a lie Um, But examples, code switching, it's survival, having to navigate professional spaces where we put down our tongue and our beliefs and and the way that we walk even, like lowering our voice. Because as a black woman, I mean, generally speaking, a lot of us have deeper voices. We have like bass, we have bottom to our voices. And then when you go into professional settings, you're talking about, you're talking very lightly and airy and you're trying to enunciate and you're trying to not come across as aggressive. Like, please don't think, don't find me aggressive. I'm professional, right? Like, let me, let me straighten my hair. And again, I'm not knocking nobody who does it because we all have to survive. I get it. It's not your fault. (laughs) We're all playing a game. We're all trying to survive, right? And so let me straighten my hair because what they don't understand, they condemn. 
They demonize. That's not professional. That's just a tangled mess. Girl, it's a fro. Do you know how much work it took to get this fro together? Right? I was like, let's be like, so anyway, so it looks like code switching and it makes me feel like my blackness is not professional enough. Like it's not, it's not uh, good enough, right? Um, it makes me feel like I'm not good enough and it makes me feel like I'm not good enough to be seen or valued. And we dress up and we dress up our blackness in ways that are watered down and seen as less threatening. We hide and we hide our language, our, our, our breath and our tongue, our beauty and our tongue. It's not imposter syndrome. Like the more I'm, it's not imposter syndrome. Okay. So I said, syndrome also makes us the issue. No, it's the powers that be that tell us we are not legitimate. That is the issue. Our tongue, our ways of doing things, etc. Our gut, our intuition, they're saying that these are not legitimate. These are not legitimate. Unless I can understand it, unless I can validate it, unless it's backed up by scientific. That's why sometimes y'all, when, when people be saying, trust the science, I'd be like, I think we need to, I need, I think we need to deep dive into science and how science has been used to harm folks who are not white men, rich white men, right? How science has been used to support the idea that black folks are inherently less valuable, less smart. It's a lot. So, so for me, I'm big on like questioning why or pushing back like, mm, I don't know if that feels good. And, may, and I could be wrong, right? Like I leave room for me to be completely wrong, but I'm also gonna, I'm trying to trust myself more than these systems that want to erase me and harm me. So even if I have that gut feeling and I can't really explain it, but I know that something is off, I might not be able to write you a paper with like cited sources, but it's also t teaching us those, those cited sources to go outside of yourself, to go outside of yourself. You have to have somebody else believe what you believe in order to believe what you believe. And I, and I reject that. I reject that. There's just some stuff that you just know and you can't explain. I know not to go that way today. I don't, I'm not feeling this today. I don't want to eat that today. Right? Like little things like that. And our gut be speaking to us in little ways like that and in huge ways. I think it's all huge, but anyway. So yeah, syndrome makes us the issue. It's the powers that be that tell us we are not legitimate. Um, I said, it's, if it's not imposter syndrome, then what is it, right? Our feeling of inadequacy isn't coming from us. The call's not coming from inside the house, right? Like, it's not us. What is it then? It's fear. It's survival. It's trauma. It's racism. It's colorism. It's ableism. It's sexism, it's classism, et cetera, et cetera. It's systems of oppression. It's systems of oppression that make us feel like we're not enough, that we're not adequate, right? Call it what it is. And this is why I said, shout out to Marcus, my best friend, Marcus Allen. He talking about like, he says, um, Ayanla Van Zandt, right? Has this phrase that she says, let's call a thing a thing, beloved, right? And so Marcus will say that often. Call a thing a thing. It is not imposter syndrome. There's a lot of language that we use that softens the blow for the person that is causing the harm. And it's giving gaslighting. It's just gaslighting. Like you're telling me that what I am experiencing is not oppression. It is somehow something wrong with me that I just need to adjust how I think of myself. Right? You know, like I need to adjust myself to fit in your system. I need to do the inner work. And it's like, and shout out to Mercer Price. This is why I'm, this is why I'm referencing her as well. She posted something recently and it said, and forgive me if I'm getting this wrong, but she said, you can't outwork oppression. And yes, you cannot outwork oppression. Right? You're not, you're not going to tell me that it's me. 
It's not me because whenever I try to be me, you tell me that is you tell me to have great self-esteem and to love myself and to show up honestly and authentically and to take up space. And when I do that, you punish me. So it can't be me. When I do that, you say it's not good enough. So it can't be me. It's somebody else's standard. You didn't even ask me. (laughs) You ain't even asked me what my own standard for myself was. You didn't even ask me if our value system and our belief systems are the same because they probably not. Like that, that's like, we're, we're so, our thoughts are so sacred and they're so, they're so personal. (laughs) Our experiences are so personal. And to say that if you somehow don't fit in this, then you're wrong. That is wrong. That is wrong. If you don't show up how I think you should show up when you're a sacred human being, who am I to tell you how to show up in spaces? Who am I? Who am I? And that's what we really like. Not even who am I to, who am I to take up space? Who am I? Who are they that I have to listen to them? Do I have to value what they say? Without addressing the real issue, we cannot untangle ourselves from that captivity and bondage. Who gets to determine what is legitimate and what is not? Who gets to say? Who gets to say? Who gets to say in your life? And obviously, right, like if we're talking about working somewhere else, we don't, right? We trying to get that check. I get it. So that's why it's like it's both. I'm not demonizing either person because we're all just playing a game that's rigged against us. And people are just like, listen, I got to get it the best way I know how. And I honor that. But when you when you come to those spaces with yourself, even if you put on that mask and that armor and those ill-fitted clothing, right? Ask yourself who gets to decide who determines if you're worthy or not. Don't let it be them. White culture flattens everything like white, like white supremacist thought flattens everything that they don't understand because they want to understand everything. They want to know everything. They want to be, they want to oversee everything. They want their hands in everything, right? They nosy, they nosy. Um, And so it flattens everything, including people. And it makes things easier for them, right? To understand and control, right? And again, oversee. So I thought about this example, just go with me here. So I was thinking about this example, um, swag, right? So swag, obviously is at this point, like, is it an antiquated term? I don't know, but it's, it's a term that, that we came up with as a culture. I don't know who started it. Sorry. Shout out to you though. And I feel bad because we know like black folks like Ken, like we have this, this understanding of what swag is. It is not a thing. Right. And so when people talk about swag now, oh, get your swag bags. Oh, cop some swag. Right. Like it feels inauthentic and it feels soulless. Because it's not, it's not legitimate. Like, I'm just gonna say it. Black folks are spiritual people. And I don't mean like, oh, you believe in God and you believe, no, no, no. Like black folks are spiritual. We can communicate with each other with a look. We know what we're saying with a girl or a girl, right? Like we know what we're saying. And swag is something that is felt. It is not, it is not something that is like, it's like, sure, it could be style. It could be, but it's more than style. It's just either you got it or you don't, right? At the time that the, that the phrase was like, that everybody was using it. And so then when they're using our phrases, right, they're, they're boiling it down to things, things they can see and touch and feel and quantify, right? Things that they can qualify. So now swag has been used and boiled down for merch, <laughs> for merchandise, for things that you can profit from, things that you can sell back and forth, right? Like swag has been taken, swag isn't D, this part. And I'm gonna come back to y'all comments too. I just want to get through this because I know y'all got a lot to say. Y'all got a lot to say. I'm ready. 
Swag is an essence, period. It's something you cannot, it's something you can't describe. You just know it. You just know it, right? But they will tell you that you trying to define swag using words that they don't understand or using a feeling that they don't feel or they don't recognize or trying to explain it in a way that they don't feel inferior or that they don't, they don't feel inferior, that they don't feel left out of something, right? Then they say, that's not, not legitimate. Let's, let's, let's make it, let's make it something that we can understand or woke, 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 wokeness, right? The woke mob, woke, like, what are y'all talking about? <laughs> you sound silly. And, and the thing about, the thing about us is that we exist outside these systems that are, that are, that are right in your face 2d right like we exist in a different way and, and i think um we've been taught to downplay that which is like why i push against sometimes people's calling people anti-intellectuals or like this is anti-intellectualism no like we are 3d human beings yes yes the studies are important the people doing research they're important but there's also again something something that we have that we cannot explain. And we think that that is less legitimate because we can't explain to people who don't have the eyes and the heart to hear it, right? Or, or to, the eyes to see it. Like we can, like, y'all are talking about swag. We've moved on from that like 30 years ago. I don't know, I'm exaggerating. Like, uh, like we're in the future. We're on to something else. And by the time other people get there and, and by the time they can, they, well, Sometimes I feel like they don't understand it, but by the time they get there and they feel it and they try to, they, they didn't beat it to death. We're on to something else. So anyway, woke, right? That phrase woke. And then it being used to demonize people who actually care about people. <laughs> Joke's on you. So you tried to use that word to inflict harm, but really you just, you brought up the point that people care about people. That's a problem for you. Mm, that's interesting. Sounds like you're telling on yourself, but anyway. If they can't quantify, explain, or understand things, they make it illegitimate. They outlaw it. They say it's not elite. They, they say it's not legal. We talked about that before, how there was a guy in this book that I read. It's called A Work in the Roots. I'm not going to get it because I know. We're working the roots, right? And this gentleman was this black man. Back in the day, he had the spiritual ability to find water. He had the spiritual ability to find water. Like that was his gift. And so he would help the community find water, like, you know, wells and things like that. And um, white people came in, established new laws in their town and said, if you don't have an accreditation from this place, from these people, white men, then what you're doing is not legitimate and you can no longer make money. And so they, they outlaw it because they don't understand it because it is spiritual because <laughs> they can't put their hands on it. They can't, they can't make money from it. Right. And so they outlaw it and say, you can only make money by coming to me because I have all the answers. You you poor blacks, you don't know anything. Right. Like I have the answers. And this man lost out on money. And so we're taught against survival. So when you take away our resources, when you when you say that I can't be who I am and if I choose to be who I am and operate in my gifts and be my whole person, my whole self, then you're going to take away my resources. We get in line because we have people to support. We got food that needs to be eaten, right? Okay, so, so like I said, if they can't quantify or explain it or understand things, they make it, they, they outlaw it, right? But you are spiritual people. I don't care what you believe. You are spiritual people. There is a kinship. There is a warmness. There's a warmth, a warmness. I'm gonna say warmness. There's a warmth that we feel. There, there are certain things that we know but can't explain. 
And I feel like everybody is spiritual. Just some people put down the spiritual and say, oh, it's not good enough because I can't understand it. For me, this is my personal belief. I don't need to understand everything to respect it and to honor it. I don't. I don't. I don't need to understand how the clouds make rain, even though I do, right? I don't need to understand how the clouds make rain for me to appreciate the water. I don't need to understand, you know, how fish grow grow scales for me to eat fish, right? Like, I don't need to understand everything. And I think that there is some, some on some level, there is, there's like a God complex. We talk about that. It's a God complex, right? I have to know. If I can't explain it, it doesn't exist. What are y'all talking about? What do you mean? There are things, your body, you know, your body exists and you don't know how you're not a doctor. You don't know how that stuff works. We just be here taking up space. And sometimes that deep knowing can't be explained in ways for us, for laymen, right? And again, laymen, that's the whole thing, but it can't be, it can't be explained in the way that they want it to be explained. But we know just like that man knew how to find water. He might not be able to explain to you the scientific anything or like, oh, yeah, when the when the the poles and blah, blah. No, like, but he knew where the water was. And so are you telling him that his process of finding water, of giving of of quenching people's thirst and helping them survive is not legitimate? How dare you? How dare I? Right. Okay. (laughs) But again, I said we are in the future. Black folks are in the future. When folks get hit to our things and hip, <laughs> when folks get hip to our things, we're already on to the next thing. We're always moving. Like we're always sharing like wisdom with one another. Just because they don't have eyes to see you or a heart to trust you and see you as sacred does not mean you are illegitimate. That is their hope that you see yourself as unworthy. That's their hope. Their hope is that you see yourself as undeserving, as unqualified, as, as, as simple or, or um, uneducated. There's, to me, and I'm, again, how I feel today might, might change, but I'm just gonna say this. I feel, and feelings are legitimate, so don't, you know, whatever. I feel that we are all educated, just not in the same way. To me, there is no, un- there, are, there, is, there are things that I'm ignorant about, for sure, right? I, there are a lot of things that I'm ignorant about. I'm not gonna pretend to know everything because I don't. But I am educated. Even if I didn't have a college degree, even if I wasn't like seen as black professional or whatever, I'm educated. I'm educated. I learned from my elders. I learned from community. I learned from nature. I learned from music. I learned from books. I learned from, again, like the children. I learned from everything. There's no, I am not uneducated and neither are you. Okay. But they create this system to say that unless you're educated here by these people, then you are uneducated. I reject that. I reject it. I reject it. Because even when people say things like, and again, we'll we'll talk about this later, but when people say things like, do the reading. Y'all don't do the reading. You need to look up, you need to look up these scientific studies and blah, blah, blah. It's like, how about we understand that everybody does not have the privilege. Like reading is a privilege. Y'all, reading is a privilege. Most people don't read higher than a fourth grade level. And it's not to be insulting. It's to say most people don't read higher than a fourth grade level. And so if we know that to be true, then why are we holding wisdom and information away from people using words that people don't use? If we are really concerned about them being educated, then educate them. Put it in a way that they will understand. 
Why are we putting, why are we forgetting that people keep things coded in ways that late, like regular everyday people can't understand to keep us uneducated, to keep us ignorant, right? Anyway, that's kind of an aside, but yes. <laughs> ah, okay. Cause you're not gonna tell me that my ancestors who could not go to, who could not go to school were uneducated. You're not gonna tell me that. People who taught me stuff, you're not gonna tell me that. That's crazy. <laughs> That's disrespectful. Okay. So anyway, um, where am I? Yes, I said, just because they don't have eyes to see you or heart to trust you and see you as sacred does not mean that you are not legitimate. That is their hope that you see yourself as someone who is not legitimate, but you are. And I, that's, that's what I want you to take away from this. You are legitimate. You are enough. You are smart. You are, there, there's a wisdom you have about yourself that nobody else can tell you about yourself but you, right? Even with eating, there are a lot of dietitians that are saying, eat all this and do this and, um, and do all this. And I'll, I'll see you in Invincible Summer. I'll get right back to you. I will, because I, I, I do want to talk about this. Um, but yes, there, there is, there, there's this idea of, you know, I lost my thought. <laughs> Let's just talk about it now. I'm gonna come back to it, to my thought. Okay. Invincible Summer says, I'm going to have to disagree with that. I don't think reading is a privilege in the U.S. today. Okay. I understand and I hear that. Um, however, there, again, most people don't read above that level. Reading also takes time, right? So if you're always working, if you're always Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. I said fourth grade. My bad. Seventh and eighth grade. My bad. Yes. But yes, like reading takes time. Reading takes time that a lot of people don't have because they're overworking. Right. Um, and if you're working a job that you can't listen to audiobooks, that you can't watch videos. Right. If you're working labor jobs, labor intensive jobs, then you come home to take care of your family. Right. That's going to take precedent o precedence over reading. And I'm not saying. And, I'm, and again, I, I also think. It's a layer of conversation that I'm probably not, probably, probably not uh, equipped to have or, or uh, uh, well-studied enough to have. But just using myself, right, as an example, I don't always have the energy. I don't always have the time. I also don't have the money or the resources. I also, everywhere, like, yes, there are libraries and things like that. But if people don't have time to read the books, it's not going to help. <laughs> like, having the words out there is not going to help. Um, there's something else I was going to say. Yes, but we got we to gotta factor in all that. And then also, like, everybody don't have the same reading skills, right? Everybody doesn't. Okay, that's what I was going to say. Thank you. Thank you, God. Okay, so when we're talking about reading and talking about um, literacy, that's the word I'm looking for. Literacy, right? When we're talking about literacy, I think that we really also have to understand that people learn in different ways. Not everybody is just going to learn by, not everybody's just going to learn by reading, we learn through community. We learn through people teaching us things, right? Like, and this is coming from someone who loves to read. I read all the time, but I also recognize my privilege to read. You know what I'm saying? In terms of time, resources, all these different things. I also don't, I'm not raising no kids, right? Like I don't have that going on. I'm not cooking no meals for 10, 10 babies. And, and also, I also think that people deserve their leisure time and they get to deserve, they get to do what they want to do leisurely. My problem is why is this information just not given? I don't know, right? Like, why are we, why are we complicating things so much? If, let's be real. Hold on, give me one second. Mm, I'm trying to find a thick book. Give me one, one sec, a book that I have. Let's see. Uh, let's do this. This is a thick book. 
Okay. So this is a thick book. Don't mind the context. I mean, the content, but Awakening, Your Power of Self-Healing. Okay. This is by Meyer Schneider. Anyway, this is a thick book, right? This is thick. For some people, this is intimidating. For some people, this is like, well, I'm not going to read that. I'm not going to read that because that's, that's too much, right? Dedicating your time and attention to this. Also attention, also people's, I want to say disabilities, like all these things we really have to take into context. It really is a privilege to be able to read. And even me calling it a privilege is also honoring the people who fought for me to be able to read, right? So I'm living in their privilege. I think that sometimes we can, we can forget um, other people who don't really have our circumstances or our, and this is not to you, let me take you off. Because this is not to you, directed to you. But I think that sometimes we can forget our privilege. We, are, we, we become privileged and we forget other people who are not as privileged. So even if you're talking about the library, do they have public transpa- transportation to get there? Right? Do they, do they have a phone where they can read a book on it? Like things, things that we don't really think about. You know what I mean? Just a thought. But again, I'm, again, I could be completely wrong. Just like I was wrong about the fourth grade. It's seventh and eighth grade. Um... Uh, I'm a black teacher in, the, in MD, not totally true on the reading level, national average. Yes, it is not about being able to read. It's being able to do the research. And to that, I say some people don't know how to research in the way that people say they should research. Right. Even research, having research labs and things like that at college. That's a that's a, that's a privilege. But people are still researching just in their own way. It might not be with uh, what do you call it? Uh, Peer reviewed studies. Right. But we're researching every day. We Google things every day. We. You know what I'm saying? With, but, but also, there's also uh, an option for people being uh, miseducated, right? But we, we research every single day. We're learning every single day. We just might not be reading these thick books <laughs> from scholars and people who are using language that is hard to understand. Seventh and eighth graders don't know how to do, like, peer-reviewed research. You know what I mean? I think they might be starting. I don't remember. They might be starting to, but they don't know how. You know what I'm saying? And so also when we, when we, and we also have to think about when we're coming from a perspective of privilege, how we talk about people not doing the reading or being anti-intellectual, what? Anti-intellectuals is harmful. It's insulting to them. And so for a lot of people, they are anti-intellectual, not because they don't care or not because they don't want to learn, but because they don't want to be around people who make them feel small, who make them feel stupid, who make them feel lazy who make them feel like they're not driven. You know what I'm saying? So I think we just have to be careful with what we're saying and how we're saying it. Um, but yes, should people be educated? Absolutely. But education should be a privilege that everybody is, that everybody is, uh, what is the word? That everybody is uh, able to benefit from. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Let's see. Oh, Sorry. So I can't, I can't necessarily recommend this book because I, again, I've been intimidated, me, I have been intimidated by this book, but um, it is called Awakening Your Power of Self-Healing by Mayor Schneider. Uh, this is him. And essentially, this is a book about like healing yourself, like breathing, improving your back pain, reprogramming your mind, nervous system, uh, massage techniques. It's a lot, but it's a lot. It's a lot. And it's intimidating for me. <laughs> so I'm like... And this is how the pages look sometimes. This is intimidating for me. I'm gonna keep it real with y'all. This is intimidating. All these words and columns. It's like, girl, where do I even start with this? 
And for me, a person who loves reading and loves learning, and I have no resistance to learning or accepting new information, if I know this is how this is how this book makes me feel, and this is just about like healing yourself. We're not even talking about like complex theory and you know what I'm saying? Like we're not talking about none of that, you know? So anyway, but yes. Okay. Let me get back on track. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> ah, all right. Exactly. Yes. Yvette. Hi, Yvette, by the way. Bottom line is we've been fed shame so much. We have learned to use that as a weapon on our own people. Agreed. Agreed. And I don't think that it's, I don't think that we intentionally mean to be malicious or harmful. Right. But I think that if we take a step back in a second, just to think like, who does this benefit from me calling you an anti-intellectual? Can I meet you where you are? Right. Like, can I maybe reading these thick books aren't it? Can I send you a pamphlet? You know what I'm saying? With pictures. I love pictures. Alicia loves pictures. Okay. I love a good diagram. I love a good, make this as simple to understand as possible, please. Cause I'm overwhelmed already by existing. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, okay. All right, let me get back. Sorry, y'all. Uh, but I hope that answers your question, Invincible Summer. I'm not, again, I don't have no beef. It's just, it's just something with nobody, by the way. And I hope that you all aren't arguing in the comments or anything like that. But um, for me, uh, empathizing with people is huge. Understanding where they are and me condemning them is not going to help. That's just, that's just my personal thing. Okay. Um, and then whatever, then, then also I'm gonna say this, then also how, how we tear people up in the comment section and not here because I love y'all, but how we tear people up in the comment section on Instagram and Facebook or whatever, somebody could say something wrong and y'all will drag them to filth. Drag them for filth, right? Y'all will destroy their character, call them stupid. You see, look, you misspelled this word. It's like, bro, it's not even that serious. <laughs> they might be wrong, right? But you shaming them is not gonna make them wanna be right. Now they're in their feelings. They're prideful. They're, pr they're protecting themselves. They're on guard. They're on guard because you're, 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 cause they are offended by what you have said to them. So they're not even listening to you. They're not listening to hear you. They're, they're trying to protect themselves. They're trying to survive. Because they don't want to be shamed. You know what I mean? But yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, no worries. I just, I'm going to make sure because I'm not, that's why I had to take your comment down because I wasn't necessarily talking to you. I'm just talking in general. But yes, no beef at all. I appreciate different perspectives and I actually don't think our perspectives are that different. Um, if we were to really have a conversation about it, I love that. Okay, okay, cool. And we're, we're also, it's also okay if y'all disagree with me. It's, it's okay. Just be kind to each other, please. Okay. All right, so um, what was I saying? Yes, just because they don't have eyes to see you or a heart to trust you um, and see you as sacred doesn't mean you're, you're not legitimate. That is their hope that you see yourself as not enough. Because if you see yourself as not enough, you're not gonna try nothing. You're not gonna attempt anything. You're not gonna say nothing. You're not gonna push back, right? Because you're gonna think, well, I didn't learn this. I didn't get this degree from this place, right? And I'm talking like Ivy League school. Shout out to y'all if y'all went there. But like there is, there is, let's be real. There are different pressures put on. I mean, there are different standards, I will say of degrees. To me, a degree is a degree is a degree, right? If it's like, you know, accredit accreditation is a thing, I understand. But I also understand that there's more weight if you say like, oh, I went to Harvard versus like where I went, I went to Towson. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand that. And so I think that when we see people coming from these places, we are automatically taught to assume that they are somehow more like legit than us, that they are more educated than we are. They're, you know, because they've been taught by the best of the best of the best just because they have that degree at that school. So y'all know what I'm talking about. Okay, so, um, but there's no need to go to people who don't see you as valid for permission to see yourself as sacred, legitimate, and worthy. 
because their value systems could be off too. And this is why I say like, check your value systems. Do y'all actually agree? Do y'all value the same things? You know what I'm saying? Like I value trees, for example, just go with me. I value trees. There are people who don't. And so would it, would it be wise for me to go along with what they're telling me about trees? When I know on a very basic level how, how beneficial trees are, when I feel that trees actually have soul and spirit, like if you think that it's just an inanimate object that is there for you, for your use and your, um, and your gain, right? Then we're not, we don't have the same values. And so therefore I don't have to necessarily believe what you believe or follow what you're telling me to do or believe that I am not legitimate because you're saying what I feel and what I believe is not legitimate. For example, okay, I said black folks in general, right? Black folks in general have always been seen as deceptive, as criminal, as wrong, as unprofessional, as violent, aggressive, angry, bitter, um, what else? Animal-like, right? Like these words have been used to describe black folks. And so when we're talking about imposter, right? Imposter, that definition of, what did it say? Let me go back. Imposter. <laughs> Imposter, a person who pretends to be someone else in order to deceive others, especially fraudulent gain, right? Fraudulent, deceptive, like all these different things. Even calling someone an imposter or having an imposter syndrome, assume, like it puts the assumption on you that you are somehow evil, that you are evil, that you're trying to infiltrate spaces that you don't belong in. You know what I mean? So even at the definition of imposter syndrome, is like, oh, you know, you are brilliant, you are amazing, but they just don't see you as that. You should see yourself as that, right? They're still, even using the word imposter is assuming that there's something wrong with you. People will say that the cure for imposter syndrome is more practice, right? And I would push against that because you're assuming that, oh, you feel like an imposter because you haven't gotten enough hours or you haven't gotten enough degrees or whatever the heck, right? You haven't had enough experience. And so that's why you're an imposter when really it's like, no, you're calling me an imposter because you don't think that I should be in the space in the first place. You think that me, by me being me like this, somehow disqualifies me from being valid or legitimate. Okay. We were born unprofessional. As black folks, we were born unprofessional to them. <laughs> to them, right? And I always talk about, it's so funny to me how like today we can be seen as unprofessional, but you are using our bodies professionally. You were using our bodies as tools in your profession of, of, you know, holding people captive and using them for labor and doing all this stuff. But because, because now we free, <laughs> using quotes, right? Now, like, now you have to create some other system to keep me out. Now you need to disqualify me somehow. Even though I was doing all the labor eyes and my ancestors, they were doing all the labor for y'all. So were y'all unprofessional, right? But it's like, no, now we're flipping it on its head. It's like, oh, now that you can work here, I'm going to tell you all the reasons why you cannot or all the reasons why I cannot pay you, um, even though we have the budget to pay you. Like, I'm going to tell you that you're not legitimate in so many different ways. And for me, that's in school. When I think of imposter syndrome, how I feel it in my body, that feeling of like anxiety and feeling like, oh, I'm not enough. Am I as good as this person? Whatever. Like those feelings. Who am I to raise my hand and offer my answer because I might be wrong? Like when, when I think about those feelings where I first had those feelings, it was in school. Measuring myself up against other people, teachers telling me that I wasn't competent, teachers telling me that I wasn't enough, teachers embarrassing you for no reason because you don't know the right answer, right? You sitting at the table 
<laughs> you sitting at the table, your parents doing homework with you and you getting yelled at because you don't know what four plus three is, right? Stuff like that, that fear. Like it's not, it's not enough. You can't just be wrong. That, that is also a, uh, it's not that you're just wrong. It's like, if I am wrong, then I'm also all these things. I am untalented. I am lazy. I am, I am, uh, stupid, right? And these are words I don't use, but like, I am stupid. I am uh, not creative enough. I am not talented enough. I am whatever, right? Like all that stuff for me started in school. Before that, when I'm thinking about like, was I conscious? (laughs) Before that, right? I just existed. What are we talking about measuring? I just existed. It wasn't until I got into these spaces that are not very safe for babies and kids, people forming an identity, who am I? <laughs> Alan, Alexis, this is funny. Johnny had three apples, okay? Like we all know this example, but for real, that shame, that fear. Am I gonna get hit? Am I gonna get yelled at, right? Will I not be able to eat dessert or watch TV? I've been in school all day long. People have been telling me to do things on my brain is tired. And now you're telling me at eight o'clock PM after I done eight and I'm, and I'm what, what age is that? When I'm learning like word, maybe like, third, second grade, second, third, fourth, maybe around that time. Now you tell me that not only do I have to understand what the sentence is saying, I got to break down the sentence and put it in a way to make it make sense mathematically. Then I got to do the math. And then I'm also afraid of being wrong. I'm afraid of being wrong because that's going to mean that I'm, that I'm, that I'm not smart. Can you imagine? You eight years old. I mean, I guess you can because we've all been there. I mean, a lot of us, not all of us, but we know what that felt like having such big emotions in a little baby body. Like, I'm not smart. I'm not smart. And you're in school to learn. And you won't ask questions to learn more because you already feel like you're not smart. That shame. That makes me sad. Um, Yes. So again, going back, black folks are already seen as deceptive, as unprofessional to them, right? And so the questions I want to ask you, the questions I want to ask you to consider, check in with yourself, right? Before you're like, I'm an imposter. I am, I struggle with imposter syndrome. Is it or is it oppression? Is it or is it a lie, right? Shout out to Erica Totten. This is why I shouted her out as well earlier. She said, any self-limiting belief is tied, is directly tied to oppression. This is me paraphrasing, by the way. So shout out to Erica Totten. Any self-limiting belief is tied is directly tied to oppression, to a system of oppression, right? And so if the, if the thought is, who am I to? If the thought is, I'm not good enough, is that expansion or is that limitation? I'm not good enough. Expansion or limitation? It's limitation. So if it is limitation, it did not come from me because I was born free. Kids are born wild, They jump on stuff. They have no fear. (laughs) You got to teach them like you can't run in the street, right? Like children just be doing stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like we teach them for good reason to save their life. We teach them you can't do that. Don't do that, right? But we're given limitation and told you have to work twice as hard to get half as far. Who says? And who says I got to play the game anyway? Obviously, back in the day, like there wasn't many options, right? But we're living in a different time. You know what I'm saying? We're we're afforded more options now, if you're aware of them. Um, 
And even if we don't know what that looks like yet, right? What does it look like to operate to operate outside of that system? And we say, well, there's nothing else available, so we got to keep playing the game. Well, no, like we yes, right? Keep playing the game because we got to eat. I don't want y'all out here struggling, right? But also while we're working, can we come up with a different system and belief or a different way that people that can meet people's needs? What else could be possible? We are brilliant. We're brilliant. And they know that. And they have to give us that limitation so we don't push against the system. They know we're brilliant. Because if you didn't know that I was brilliant, you wouldn't have to chain me. You see what I'm saying? You wouldn't have to. This is me thinking out loud. But you wouldn't have to limit me if you if you didn't think that I was limitless. Right? If I didn't see you as a threat, I don't have to think about you or worry about you. I'm minding my business. But it's almost like that oppression is confirmation that you know that I'm brilliant. You know what I'm capable of. So you put limitations on me so I never reach what I'm capable of. I never try. Right? Because even that is success. You trying is success. You feel me? Anyway, let's come back. (laughs) So the question is, do you even want to be what you think you have to be to be seen as worthy? Do you even want to be what you think you have to be to be seen as worthy? If you love, I don't know, if you love speaking Ebonics, I'm just saying it, or AAVE, whatever. If you love doing that, do you love cutting half of yourself off and not being yourself? Do you want to be who they're telling you to be? Is that even a person who feels good to you? Have you tried her on? Have you snuffed her out? Right? Or the, or him, them, right? Have you tried them on? Does that fit you? Do you even like it? No one even asks us, like, what do you value? What do you like? Right? Who do you want to be? They ask you that, like, five. And they're like, hello, just kidding. <laughs> you have to be this. <laughs> what do you want to be? An astronaut, girl? You're not good at math. You can't do that. Let's, let's, maybe you could be, I don't know. I'm not trying to, you know, crap on nobody. But they limit us. They limit us. Okay. <laughs> because we don't know limitation. All right. The second question. Do you even resonate with that truth? That truth that they, that, in air quotes, that truth. Maybe it doesn't fit you. Maybe it doesn't fit you. Maybe this idea of what it means, and that's why like, I talk about like black excellence here a million times. But the reason why that I put it down um, or even just redefine it, right? We can talk about black excellence because I think all black folks are excellent. They have the capacity to be amazing. I think people make horrible choices. You feel me? I think people make really, really bad decisions. You know what I mean? But inherently, I feel like we are all, we are all brilliant and amazing. That's what I believe. And so do I even resonate with the truth of imposter syndrome? This this phrase, I don't resonate with it because I'm not an imposter and I am not sick. I am not ill. I am not, it's not in my head. It's not a syndrome. It is a system of oppression working against me. And the reason why I feel fear, the reason why I feel um, insignificant or, um, you know, not good enough is because you told me I wasn't good enough. That's why. You told me I wasn't good enough. And then you blame me and put me, you tell me I'm not good enough. So I don't feel good enough. So it works. And then you tell me also the, the work in, in healing that thought is on me too. What? You, I didn't even want this. You gave it to me. Anyway. <laughs> so another thought, maybe it doesn't fit you, the clothes, right? Like we all know what it feels like when the clothes are too loose or too tight. You're just uncomfortable, right? You're just uncomfortable. You don't feel good. You know what I'm saying? You don't feel good. 
and maybe you are playing pretend, but it's not evil. I don't want you to think that there's some, that there's, that you have something else to judge yourself for. You don't need nothing else to judge yourself for, for struggling with imposter syndrome, right? For struggling with oppression. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. It is not something that you need to fix within yourself. I think we need to change our perspective or question some things. You feel me? But I think, I think that we really need to be like, no, my responses are natural. My responses make sense for the world I'm living in. It makes sense. It makes sense why I feel like I'm not good enough, but it's not from me. And it's also not true, right? But it makes sense why I feel that way because every day y'all telling me I'm not good enough. Every day. Um, maybe you're playing pretend, but it's not evil. It's survival. So have grace with yourself. You are surviving. And it probably feels like it's not enough because it truly is you being your trusting, you being and trusting yourself. It's by design because they don't want you to feel like you are enough. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so what is the truth? What is the truth? The truth is we are and have always been enough, brilliant, amazing, smart, talented. Any, any positive, you have always been that. You have always been that. That I feel like some of that tension we feel Sometimes, and I might come back to this thought, but I'm gonna say it anyway. But I think that sometimes that tension we feel, that, that war that we feel like we're having with ourselves is really a part of us, is really a part of us that knows the truth. There's a part of us that knows that we are brilliant. There's a part of us that knows that we're amazing, that knows the truth. No matter how small that voice is or that feeling is, it's the part of you that gets offended when somebody calls you out your name. Because you know that's not your name. I don't care like how, how down you get, right? That, that rage you feel when someone disrespects you, that's a part of you that knows that you are sacred, that you are important. So that part, there's a part of you that knows that you're not an imposter. There's a part of you that wants to take up space and for you to be all of yourself, all of yourself, right? And then there's a part of us that has been colonized, so to speak, for the sake of this example, a part of us that has been indoctrinated with the belief that we are not enough. So we are at war with ourselves. We're like, girl, you can't show up like this. You can't show up without this. You, you know, and so a part of us is like, girl, I'm amazing. I am sacred. I know what I'm talking about, right? Like that back and forth. I feel like that's what we feel. It's that war between who we really are and who we know that we are and who they tell us that we are. And, and that part that's like trying to be like, girl, put that down. No, cover your hair. Straighten it. Don't talk like that. Lower your voice. Speak higher. Be less aggressive, right? That part of us is trying to help us survive. That part of us is not the enemy either. It's just, it's two ways of trying to be free. You feel me? One side of us is trying to be free by playing the system and assimilating, essentially, right? And the other part is like, I want to really be free though. Like, I don't want to have to pretend, that, that, that child, that child self, right? That, that child self, like, I don't want to, I don't want to play this game no more. This losing game. I'm not interested. You know? Anyway, they created the systems to keep us out. And that's why we feel like outsiders because they created the system to keep us out. We wouldn't have to, right? Feel this way. If we knew that we, they wouldn't have to keep us out if they didn't know that we were enough. We just were not created for these harmful, limiting, limiting, exploiting systems. They even exploit and mine us of our feeling inadequate. Think about that. They make us, they plant seeds of inadequacy, right? They make us feel inadequate 
so that we keep going to them and looking to them for permission to be ourselves, to love ourselves, to be enough. They even mine our self-hatred. They mine, they mine us of energy, of resources, of money, obviously. They mine us of all these things, right? Attention. They're like, I need y'all to hate y'all so y'all make me money. So y'all see me as powerful. So y'all play my game. So y'all put down other people to make yourself bigger than everybody else. It's all survival. These are all survival tactics. If you don't want to be left at the bottom, you're going to step on somebody else to get at the top, right? But it's like, why don't we just destroy it? Not just, because it's more complicated than just like, let's just, let's just destroy the system. I know it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of effort, but it's just something to consider. Excuse me. Um, yes, they control us, right? But also they make us, they, they, they influence us, I should say, to work harder, to get in their good graces. If you never feel good enough, you will work hard for me for the rest of your life to prove that you are good enough. You'll be chasing something that I'll never give you. I can take you for all your labor. You will overwork, right? You will take that underpayment. You will not fight for what you're really deserving of. If I tell you not yet, not enough yet, you're not good enough yet, you will keep working for me. It influences us to overwork. <laughs> now Johnny has three apples up again. Hold on. <laughs> has this been up the whole time? <laughs> That's funny. But yes, you will overwork for me. You're, you're trying to overwork you're overworking for your uh, dignity, huma humanity. And again, shout out to Marissa Price, her saying, you can't outwork oppression. It's never going to be enough to them. You know what I'm saying? It's never going to be enough to them. You will always feel inadequate in comparison to them. They've created it so that if you don't show up in this space, you will always be left out. And if I, talking about the system, if I plant seeds of doubt and make you work harder in a system that is anti-human, I win. I win. Even thinking about that, that phrase, imposter syndrome, or as someone earlier expressed it, imposter phenomenon, I think it was, phenomenon. Like this idea, now we have language to identify, like, oh, this must be what I'm feeling when really they're, they're bypassing the real issue or not even getting to the root of the real issue, which is oppression, right? But like we're, we're now we're looking at books on um, imposter syndrome. And, I, and again, I'm not, whatever. I'm not knocking it. I get it, right? Because I have too. I bought the books. I've read the courses. I've read the courses. I bought the courses. I've done the research. I've been trying to put the practices into place. But it's like, yo, the problem is actually not me. The problem is the problem. You feel me? And so even that playing into like the, the self-help, like we're all, there's so, people so out there who are so hungry to understand themselves and to fix themselves. And it's like, I wish that half of us knew, I wish that all of us knew that half of the problems we have sometimes has nothing to do with us. It is our, it is simply us surviving. It is simply us surviving. A lot of these things we struggle with is out of survival so if I plant seeds of doubt and make you work harder in a system that is anti-human and anti-black, I win. Right? And so I said to myself, what is imposter syndrome in white America? Because even the study, that's a whole other thing. Even the study was done with white women in these, um, in these professional spaces, right? And so I'm not a white woman. However, I also understand like I live at the intersection of black and woman, right? Black and woman. And so I also understand that women, that women are 
women experience oppression. Women experience oppression. White women experience oppression from white men. So if you're considering the fact that these that these white women for the study are overworking and working hard and trying to earn their earn their keep and to be seen as legitimate and to be seen as equal to them, that also makes sense for them too. Right. And again, obviously this is complicated and layered and nuanced, but just go with me for this specific example because there's a whole thing we could talk about with their part in the oppression of people, right? But in those spaces that are largely white men, in spaces where women are not held sacred or seen as safe or, or kept safe, excuse me, right? It's survival for them too. There's a feeling of inadequacy because white men created it so. If you're not a white man and you don't show up like me, then you're not good enough. So we're almost like taking like the, the runoff from another study and trying to, you know what I'm saying? And trying to identify it and put it on us. But it's like, no, even with that, homegirls, <laughs> like during that study, the problem is not you. The problem is them. It's the patriarchy. That's what the problem is. So anyway, um, yes, they set, the, they set this elusive bar and they say that this is how you have to be, do, et cetera, show up. And if you don't, if you deviate from it, then somehow you are wrong. So if the system is created again for white men, anybody who is not white men, don't fit the system. And so therefore, then there's already going to be this feeling of like inadequacy. I need to shape shift and become who these people, either who they are or who they respect. Right. Who they respect to get respect and to be supported. OK. Um, so I'm, I'm going through this whole thing of like unlearning a lot of things and questioning things. And I want to show up and process it with y'all and get some feedback and be pushed back on. I'm, I welcome it. Um, be corrected. Um, but I'm unlearning a lot of things, especially like respectability and what it means. Like even that word respectability to me is not determined on, again, on how somebody shows up, how someone speaks, um, what their education is, you know, what they wear, all the, all the stuff. Cloth, cloth. We're creating caste systems out of cloth. That's crazy, like to me. Um, and so the, the, the thing about respectability politics is, and this is kind of talking about Oh, I was like, what's in my face? This is water. But the thing that's talk that I'm talking about, like respectability politics is that we realize you can still play their game and still lose. You can still play their game and still lose. I went to the, I went to the, um, what do you call it? The movies. <laughs> I went to the movies with Marquita and we saw Marquita. What movie was that? If you're still here. Uh, crap. And it's the, it's the person's name. Oh my gosh. We just saw it in theaters. Anyway, it's talking about the civil rights. Rustin, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh my gosh, Rustin. So we just saw Rustin in theaters and um, it's talking about like the civil rights movement, right? And um, Bayard Rustin, so he's he was basically the person who was was instrumental in putting on the March on Washington. It's a whole, it's a beautiful movie. It's it's beautiful, beautifully done, <laughs> beautifully done. Um, every time I say beautiful, I think of like Aretha Franklin, beautiful gowns. No, but seriously, this was a really good movie. And um, some of the kids, the, the youth at that time were pushing, pushing against, um, oh no, PJ, yes. That's why I said it's, it's, it's complicated. It's complicated, right? Like, so yes, I a thousand percent agree with you. Um, but yes, give me one second. Yes, okay, so Rustin. So the movie, um, the, the youth in that movie were pushing against it saying, you know, like we're tired of respectability politics. We saw y'all dressed in y'all Sunday's best. 
still getting beat up. Chased by dogs, clubbed. You know what I'm saying? Bleeding in your Sunday's best. Thinking that that somehow qualifies you to be someone who, who should be seen as dignified and as human. You know what I mean? But human, hum, humanity, human, being human is messy. It's not about what you wear, about your clothes. And I, and I think, again, that we have internalized that idea because we're all trying to survive, right? We're like, oh, I have to dress like this to be taken as serious, to be taken seriously. But we see, we have seen in history that you can play the game and still lose. You can be confident and you're still the, you're still the bad person because you're too confident. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you have imposter syndrome. Oh, you're too meek. That's why you get passed over. So now when I take up space and I'm confident, you say I'm aggressive. You say I'm full of myself. You say I'm arrogant. You can't win. You, that's my point. You can't win. <laughs> you can't win. You are enough. That is the message. You are enough. Even if you don't feel like it. Even if it's hard to believe. Even if people are telling you that you're not enough. Hold on to that truth for dear life. You are enough. You, like, even, like, there are times that I don't feel it. There are times when I feel like I'm not enough and so I don't show up and I don't, I don't take up space and I don't try because I don't want to be seen as stupid. Again, seen as uneducated, seen as unworthy, um, seen as someone who is not legitimate. You know what I mean? And I realize that when I do that, when I allow that fear and anxiety, one, I honor it because yes, like my body is, t- my, my soul is tired from having to fight these systems. That's the first thing. My soul's tired. There's grace from, for that. Like, girl, because working through fear and being brave is scary and it's a lot of energy and a lot of work. So sometimes I don't have the capacity and I honor that, right? And everybody don't have the capacity and I honor that. But I also honor um, the fact that me showing up and still showing up and being okay with being wrong, being okay with uh, saying one thing one day and another thing another day and it not being hypocritical, but me being a growing, learning human being, There are things that I believe today that that I didn't believe two years ago. You feel me? And even my understanding of stuff today is still changing. I have not arrived anywhere. I'm always learning. And I think that that is, to me, that is revolutionary to be like, I may, I may speak Ebonics. I might, you know, I might use double negative in my sentences. I might misspell a word. I might misquote somebody. I might say the wrong grade, right? Because I said that fourth grade reading level and it really is seventh and eighth grade. I might, you know, be wrong. And even still, I deserve to take up space and be seen and be heard. And even still, I will have grace with myself. And I will have grace with other people too. Because we all just trying to get it together. Like, we all just trying to survive. We all just trying to survive. It's not in your head. That's the second thing I want to say. Your imposter syndrome is not just your own. It was given to you. Somebody told you that you were inadequate. And it stuck. And we are in a constant unlearning of that. It's not in your head. It is not imposter syndrome. It is oppression. (laughs) It is oppression. Call it what it is. Shout out to Marcus. Call a thing a thing, beloved. Call a thing a thing. That's the last thing I wrote. It's not imposter syndrome. It is oppression. So like Erica Totten, Erica Totten is a um, spiritual life coach. She's a lot of things. Um, And she's based in the DC area. But one thing that she says is any, and again, this is me paraphrasing, But this is the gist of what she's saying. Any self-limiting belief is tied directly to oppression. Any self-limiting belief is tied directly to oppression. So if you have a thought of, I am not enough, I am not smart enough, I'm not brilliant enough, I I don't deserve this, who am I to, oh, I don't want to, they're going to find me out. I don't deserve to be seen, right? 
that is a limiting belief. And that is someone limiting you. Like it's not, it's not a limiting belief that just popped up out of nowhere. It's somebody who limited you and from your own experience or from other people's experiences, it was handed down to you, right? So we have to unlearn that. And if it is limiting, if it is limiting, then it is oppression. And the reason why I say that is because even in this space, like there's so many spiritual leaders and like people, you know, people I follow and stuff like that. And so like, they'll say things and I think that they have good intentions and like, even I've said the same stuff. So we got to go back and talk about that too. But there's a lot of like spiritual stuff that is said. And I think it's the phrase, um, I've heard this from, oh my gosh, what's her name? But it's a phrase called spiritual bypassing. Please, I'm gonna reference it later. I'm so sorry. I forget, I forget the person's name. But basically it's this idea that we say spiritual things like just as like a catch up, like a, just, just say it. Just say this and, and that's what it means. And it's like, no, no. Like this, this trying to over-spiritualize oppression is harmful. Call it what it is, okay? It is oppression. You feeling like you're not good enough is not from you because you're an expansive, limitless, like the, the possibilities are endless human being, right? Like you are limitless and people who want you to feel like you're not enough they want you to feel that way for a reason. Who does it benefit, right? Who does who benefits from me thinking I'm small? Not me. Who benefits from me thinking that I'm not enough? Not me. So then where is it coming from? That's the that's the thought. Okay. So, again, the question is is it limiting to us? Yes. Then it's not from us and it's not for us. And again, I know, it's hard to believe. It's hard cuz it's hard for me. It has us forgetting When we say like stuff like, who am I to? Who am I to do X, Y, and Z? Who am I to take up space? Who am I to raise my hand? Who am I to offer my thing? Who am I to share my art with the world? Who am I to press live and go live when I I don't have a degree in none of this, right? Like, who am I? Who am I? (laughs) Who am I to X, Y, and Z? Even that phrase, who am I? Then like, who am I is a brainwashing, like, they got us out here forgetting who we are. Who am I to, who am I not to, right? Like it has us forgetting who we are and what we know, trading in ourselves and our wisdom and what we do know, what we do know for their acceptance. Who am I? You know who you are and maybe you forgot. And that's why I be posting. That's why I be sharing, right? Who am I to do X? You're brilliant. You're amazing. You are here on purpose. You have a perspective that I do not have. I have blind spots. I can only see what? Here? (laughs) I can only see here, right? Beyond that, there's somebody else behind me that can see something else. There's somebody over there that can see something else. Who am I to take up space if it doesn't look like this? You are sacred. You are holy. You are divine. What do you mean? You can create a whole new system that exists outside of what we know. We need your work. We need your words, we need your life. We need you to take up space and to be all of who you are supposed to be because we are all working together as a collective to free everybody. And if we are free, like if we free, like just think, just think, when I think, and this is why I keep, show, I keep showing up, even when I don't, when I'm scared, when I don't feel like it, because there are all thoughts that come up to, to my, in my mind to be like, Alicia, girl, please, <laughs> Alicia, girl, you know you're learning, you know what you're working through, right? And even still, And even still, I take up space. Even still, I deserve. Even still, as I'm in process, y'all gonna see this process. 
even still, it's worthy. If it's not perfect, doesn't mean that nobody else gets to see and hear. Maybe me working through my stuff in real time gives somebody else the grace for themselves. Like, okay, when, okay, this is what I was gonna say. <laughs> when we heal ourselves and give, our, give ourselves permission, we are also freeing other people. Even if it doesn't feel like it, there is something beautiful that I see when, when someone, um, when someone shares imperfect work, and I'm using imperfect to mean in a way that is not typically seen or felt, right? In a way that is not typically shared. I love that because that frees me. Oh my God, I can do that. I can show up as myself. I don't have to be perfect and put together. I don't have to have a perfect, you know, color scheme and I don't have to have a perfect feed and I can say perfect instead of perfect. I can say salmon instead of salmon, right? Like I can be myself. I'm still worthy and deserving of love. If they can see, if they can be seen, so can I. And you might impact people you will never see. You will never meet. They will never leave a comment. They will never, whatever you're doing, they will never leave a review. They will never like, there might be people who are watching you from afar and you're setting them free and you have no idea. You have no idea. And, And again, that's that belief that we can only value things that we can quantify and see with our own eyes, right? That we can only, if it doesn't have a number attached to it, we can't count it. That is white supremacist thinking. No, there's value beyond what we can see. Not this lint in front of this camera, but you know what I'm saying? You are brilliant. You are amazing. You are wonderful. You are all things good. You are worthy. You are sacred. You're a gift. You're a gift to me. Even if I never meet you, you all, even your comments, right? Your comments, the views, whatever it is, you all have left such kind things to like to me, but also to each other. Seeing humanity work together and love and kindness does something for me. It heals me. I think I'm gonna cry. I love seeing people being kind to each other. I love that because there's not enough of it. Okay. Don't forget who you are. Who am I too? Whenever you whenever you feel that thought, tell yourself the truth. You're amazing. You're a phenom. Again, what is it? What is the stat? It's like one in 400 trillion chance that you were conceived and born. One in 400 trillion. That, I think that's the, I think that's the stat. One in 400 trillion chances of you being born. There, you're more likely to be struck by lightning than be born. Multiple times, by the way. You're, you're more likely to be struck by lightning multiple times than to be conceived and brought into the world. And you think that because some white man or some system tells you that you're not worthy, that you don't deserve to be here and take up space. This is how I got to talk to myself. Because <laughs> sometimes I don't always feel it. And that's also okay. Like you, this is the thing. This is the thing. This is, this is the thing that has helped me. Just because I don't feel good enough doesn't mean that I'm not good enough. Just because I don't feel good enough, even though that I know that it's not true that I am not good enough, it's a lot of double negatives in here, right? But go with me, hopefully. (laughs) Just because I don't feel it doesn't make me an imposter. Just because I don't feel it today does not make me an imposter. What is the imposter, what are, or whoever they are, what is the imposter is the system. The system is lying to me. The system is deceiving me. The system is the imposter, not me. I'm me, I'm Alicia, and you are you. 
Ain't nobody ever going to be like you. We might have similarities, but we are all different. We are all brilliant. We are all amazing. They are the liars. They are the deceivers. They are the frauds. They are wicked. You are not wicked for reacting to a harmful system that they put you in. You are not wicked for bleeding because they cut you. That doesn't make any sense. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. We are human. We know what oppression feels like and we don't like it. That's the feeling. We don't like it. But again, there is always a part of you. There's always a piece of you. Again, that part that gets mad when somebody cusses you out or mad when somebody cuts you off or whatever it is, right? That, that, that there's a part of you that knows that you are worthy. Because if you didn't think you were worthy, you wouldn't get mad. Right? There's a part of you that don't like when somebody talks to you that way. You're not going to talk to me that way. Because you know you're worthy. Hold, listen to that part of yourself. Listen to that, that part that, that, you know, that you fear being seen. That part that wants to protect you. That part that wants to call a thing a thing. To be like, y'all lying. Somebody's lying. You know, the part that doesn't want to go along with passive aggressive energy. The part that wants to, that's the part of you that knows the truth. Listen to them. They're trying to save your life. Listen to them. And obviously, yes, be safe because not everybody is safe. But when you be safe for you, I always say this, you be safe for you. You are not the problem. You are not the problem. You are not the problem. Imposter syndrome makes us feel like we are the problem. You are not the problem. The system is the problem. So what can we do with this truth, right? <laughs> remember who we are. Again, remember that you are enough, that there are no limitations. <laughs> what is it um, in Mean Girls? The, li the limit doesn't ex exist. The limit doesn't exist, right? You are limitless, honestly and truly. And even more so when we come together. Limitless. Okay, so that's all I had today. <laughs> I hope that y'all were able to take something from this. Um, I really hope that it was, I hope that it was helpful at least. And again, these, these are thoughts that I'm working through because again, we've talked about imposter syndrome a lot, but I really was in the shower. And that's why I said, shout out to shower epiphanies along with everybody else. I mentioned uh, LaVon Briggs, Erica Totten, Marissa Price, Marcus Allen and shower epiphanies. Like just being in the shower, be like, you know what? I hate this. <laughs> I disagree. Right. Um, but I really had that thought and I'm just like, it's not imposter syndrome. It is oppression. It is oppression. Okay. But yes, but thank you so much for being here with me. <laughs> thank you for being so kind. Thank you for your correction. Also, shout out to you for letting me know it is seventh and eighth grade, not fourth. I appreciate that. Thank you, Invincible Summer for, for pushing back. I really appreciate that. When I say like, I don't, this don't have to be an echo chamber, right? This is the conversation. And so I'm here for the conversation. Um, and hopefully sometimes when I want to have like real conversation where people can come up and maybe we could talk. I don't know. We're going to see. But um, yes. Hey, beautiful people, please show your support by hitting the like button. Yes. If you're enjoying the stream. Yes, please. If you like it, please like it. I really appreciate you. Hi, level up single mom. It's good to see you. Hi, everything. Deech Lynn. Hello. Hello. Yes. You be safe for you. You be safe for you because you're not the problem. Be a safe place for you. Like if you can't be yourself nowhere else, because I understand, right? Everybody not going to get it. Everybody's not safe. Everybody's not safe, right? So you, so while I do say like, yes, be yourself. If it's going to cost you your job or your safety, right? If somebody's going to harm you for being yourself, you do what you need to do to take care of yourself, right? You, you, you take care of yourself, right? 
But when you are with yourself, as in like in your body, with yourself, in your mind, in your soul, you'll be a safe space for you. You'll be a safe space for you. Yes. Okay. Oh, it's good to see y'all. Oh, hi, Candy Dander. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, whoever is questioning hair choices. Oh, they don't. Um, whoever is questioning hair choices for job interviews, if they don't accept how your hair grows out of your head, I thought you want to work for, for that place. Exactly. And, and that's why I said, like, obviously privilege considered. Right. Because maybe you need that job. I totally understand. But yes, ask yourself, do I even want to work here in a place where they won't respect my hair? Something that is a non-issue. It is a non-issue. It's just a non-issue. It's not your hair, right? Do you want to work for a company like that if you have a choice? Do you want to work for that? No, no. Hi, Hope and Victory. Yeah, the system is a scam, period. It is. It is. And it's a scam because they're mining us of our labor. They're mining us of our, of our self-esteem, of our, of our brilliance. What is that quote that says, uh, where you'll find the most, the most ideas is in a graveyard? There's a reason for that. There's no shame for those people in that grave, by the way. No shame. It is a system that made them feel like their ideas weren't worthy enough to be seen by the light of day and by other people. So yes, it's a scam. And it's a very lucrative scam. It's very, very lucrative. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. The Dark Nate, just because you didn't know you got paid two days early doesn't mean the money ain't in your account. Speak. Speak. Oh, hi, Kareen Bell. Hello. Yes, yes. I'm glad you all resonate with this. I really, I'm really glad. Because when I tell you, this is my, this is my uh, notebook. Chicken scratch, okay? You can't even see it. It's so bright. But anyway, a lot of, a lot of thoughts. But, you know, I'm a work in progress, y'all. I'm learning. And as I learn, I am affirming. I am affirming that even as I learn, I still I still am deserving of taking up space, which is why I keep showing up fresh off the notebook paper. I don't have to wait until it's perfect or until I have the right words to say or because all that is white supremacist thought anyway. Because what is felt is understood. What we were talking about earlier, that, like, that spiritual thing that like, that head nod that communicates a whole, a whole message with no words, right? Like we know, we know. It's rigged. Yes, yes. Um, you were absolutely talking to me. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome, Kayla. Is Kayla? Kayla, you're welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I appreciate that. Hi, Charlotte Young Bowens. Hello. Um, you were the best gift ever. All. I appreciate you. You're my internet sister. Much love to you, and you're my internet sister as well. Where's the camera? <laughs> the wrong way. Yes. Much love to you. And I saw. Oh, Helma Wren. Hello. Hello. Your affirmations ain't right. That's why you're not manifesting. Exactly. That is this, 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 this. And we're, we're going to, let's have a whole different live about this too, because there are a lot of phrases that we say. And I'd be like, it's giving victim blaming, gaslighting. It's a lot going on, but yes, your affirmations aren't right. That's why you're not manifesting. What do you, stop. No, no. The anger you feel, hi, Camisi Project. The anger you feel when you start to realize the lie of it all. Yeah, and the fact that it was by design, yes. And let that rage out. Process that. We should be upset. We should be angry. We should be. It's evil. It's evil. Hi, Breezy Universe. Hi, the muse in the loom. Hello, hello. Yes, I understand. That's how I feel too. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. Hi, Go Jojo. Um, I'm in my 4C wash and go era. I know that's right. Because I'm in the middle of a job search and I question... Oh, excuse me. Because I'm in the middle of a job search, I question whether I should interview with my fro. Got you, got you. As you said, you can fail at their game anyway. Yeah, yeah. There are people who talk about getting a job and then be like, oh, show up the next day with a fro out. I know that's right. 
But yes, do what you got to do. Listen, we are all surviving. We're doing the best we can with what we have, you know? Um, their system is built to keep us small. 1,000%. They need us small. They need us small. They need us feeling insignificant. They need us poor, right? They need us without options. They need us exhausted. All these things. Yes. Hi, Lotus Flowers. Good to see you. It's good to see you. Always good to see you. Good to see you. Oh, so I don't, I don't know Erica, but I, I follow her work. I'm a fan of her work. She's amazing. She is inspiring to me. So yes, yes. And she, she also spoke at um, the Exit Summit this year. Amazing. She was absolutely amazing. And I had followed her before. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, okay. Putting two and two together. But yes, amazing. Amazing. I would say check out um, Erica Totten, y'all. Um, she, but she's going on sabbatical soon. But she's, she's amazing at what she does. Oh, Queen Jasmine. I'm sending you so much love, number one. And I understand what that feels like. And I, and I, I see you and I hear you. And even if it doesn't feel like um, what, I'm, what I'm saying is true, have grace for that too, right? But understand and like know that you are not limited. You are not limited. But also, because oppression is real, so is scarcity that is created by other people. That's another thing, right? This like idea of like lack mentality and all this other stuff. No, there are people who are creating lack. Some people don't have a lack mentality. They are traumatized, right? So there's grace for that too. You're not wrong. Like your, your body, your mind is reacting to things that have been put on them, things that they have experienced. They as in like your body, your mind, right? Things that you have experienced. So yes, I understand why you would feel limited in a system that thrives off of limitation and scarcity and lack, you know? So yes. Uh, Gojojo says, a piece of advice worth remembering is one I heard from Amy Poehler, a white woman, that most professional professions slash arts have a language that makes them seem more impenetrable. Yep. Than they are. Yep. Ab absolutely. Absolutely. Even when you think of like the art, the art world. And again, I'm not in it. So I probably let me speak about music, something I understand. <laughs> um, there was a part of me at some point that felt like if I don't study music and get a degree in music, then I am not a musician. Then I am not qualified to call myself a musician um, or a singer or an artist. I reject that now because I have been studying music my whole life. I've been listening to music my whole life. I've been singing for most of my life. Right. I've been studying people who have who do sing my whole life. I've been experimenting with selling music and putting music out there and with creating music. I had like I've done decades worth of studying. And just because I don't have a degree from no music school like Ju like is it Juilliard? I don't know. Juilliard. Sorry. What am I thinking about? Berkeley or somewhere else like that. Like these 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 huge music schools does not disqualify me. It does not disqualify me. Just because they don't give me my stamp of approval. I've been studying. I've been doing the things. You know what I'm saying? I've been reading. I've been, every time I listen to an album, it's studying. Every time I research an artist, it's studying. Every time I play around and flicker on the piano, it's studying. It's experimenting. It's practice. I just made a loop earlier today. Like I stand in it and I own, I'm an artist. I'm a singer. I'm a musician. Even if my, even if my, even if my um, instrument is voice, right? Like I'm a musician. Even if I can't, I have a guitar in my corner, right? And I used to say, oh, I can't call myself a guitarist. And I don't because people have an assumption when they hear guitarists, right? But on one song that I created, I, I um, played the string one at a time, making harmonies as I went by. I did one layer of one string, like the, don't even know the name of the chords, but here we go, right? But I know what it sounds like, okay? The thick black string <laughs> I played, right? 
Then I play the next string. Then I play the next string. And either way, the song was finished, right? And I was able to layer each string playing the guitar together. Um, I'll, I'll share the song later because I think it's on the next project. But I was playing, I was playing it, but it wasn't proficient. Like people would expect like a guitarist to like go all in, you know. For those who are listening, I'm like, you know, mimicking playing a guitar, playing air guitar. Wrong. But, but I'm still playing like one string at a time, right? And the music is still being created. So if the song, if the, at the end of the day I have a song, or if I did what I wanted to do in the first place, Am I disqualifying myself, disqualifying myself because I can't read music? Because I'm not proficient in playing all the strings at the same time? Does that disqualify me from being a musician? No. I reject that. I'm an artist. I don't need your qualifications from your school to create art. We're, in my mind, we're all creatives, okay? Whether you believe it or not. We all creatives, we create stuff. We create space, we create meals. Every day you make a decision you're creating. Every time you decide, am I going to do this or this? It's creating. It's creating. And they tell us that our experiences and our wisdom is not enough. That is oppression. That is limitation. If you don't have this degree, you cannot. Says who? And watch me. And a lot of artists that we came from before that we listened to, a lot of them didn't know how to read music. A lot of our jazz artists did not know how to read music. Blues, gospel, a lot of them did not know how to read music. Some of them didn't even know how to read. Right? Anyway, and we all love their music. And there are people that we study in textbooks now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And again, I'm not saying that education is not important or that, you know, we shouldn't seek. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is that don't allow these things to limit you because there are a million and way, one ways to do something. You know? Just because they don't understand it or they can't qualify it or whatever does not mean it's not legitimate. You know? So anyway. Yes. Okay. Well, we've been on here for about two hours almost. And I want to respect you all's time. But I do. I so appreciate you all being here. I really appreciate y'all being here. James Brown did not read music and could hardly read. And there are so many artists like him. A James Brown eighth grade. Yeah. And eighth grade education. Jimi Hendrix couldn't read a note of music and list goes on. Exactly. Exactly. And we hail them as like the greats. You know, some of them have questionable pasts, right? But musically, they're held as like the greats. I learned, I learned a lot of stuff about James Brown recently. I'm like, oh my gosh, you were actually an awful person. Anyway, but yes, okay. <laughs> but anywho, I love you all. I hope that, um, I, don't, I, don't know why, I, I don't know why the no in my last comment is capitalized, but it wasn't, oh, no, you're fine. Let me see. Oh, you're fine. God, yes is God's yes is bigger than anyone's no. Yes, especially what you said. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And yes, like some people just some people have gifts. You know what I'm saying? And it's and it's not to say they haven't been practicing, right? And I think that's like um, I just saw that comment because I wanna shout you out. Oh, PJ, PJP, PJJ. What am I looking at? Anyway, to be a singer, it takes ten thousand hours. So every time you listen to Listen and sing. It's a part of the hours of dedication. Nancy Wilson, who was also an amazing singer, uh, was a beautiful singer and she didn't read music. And she didn't need to, right? Wasn't she a beautiful singer? And she was gorgeous. But yes, I agree. I agree. So anyway, thank you all so much for being here. I know we said goodbye like 10 times, but I, I so appreciate you all. Thank you for making this space such a lovely, safe space for everybody. Thank you for being kind to me and generous with me and gracious with me. I really appreciate kindness. 
And I hope that you all have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much, PJJ. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, and love you. Thank you so much. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Hope and Victory. Yes, my bad. I'm going to come back to this. But yes, absolutely. I will be back creating more music in the future because I love making music, right? I love it. It's fun. I did it this morning and I haven't actually sung in a long time. <laughs> and so I sung again this morning. I was like, I miss this and I need this. I need this. So I will I will definitely do that. Well, that makes me happy, the Dark Nate. Time flies on these lives. Good. Because I hope it doesn't feel long and like, girl, get to the point already. But yes, I love you all and I will talk to you all in the next video. Thank you so much for being here. And I will talk to y'all soon. Yes, the problem is not me. Just leave with this. Thank you, Go Jojo. <laughs> also, when I say this, I think Mo Jojo. Jo. But anyway, Go Jojo. The problem is not me. The problem is the problem. Period. All right, y'all. Love you guys. Bye. <laughs>